All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped. Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Hall of Famer Johnny Busick from Boston. Good morning, Johnny. You're with Kevin Carius and David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for coming on this morning. My pleasure. It's noon here in, in Boston, but and, uh, it's kind of cool. But it's a nice day. We got nice sun, no snow, so everything is really good. Well, we appreciate your time, and you know, I think we should just get out the the main reason why I called you, Johnny, was about the this IPA beer that's under your name and how it kind of originated and for the charity. And can you kind of expand on everything that it's all about? Well, I was honored by the 200 Foundation, which is an organization that I do belong to as uh, their man of the year. And uh, what it is, we, uh, there's about 20 of us that are real loyal uh, members. And every cent that we can raise, 100% goes Mm. to different charities. Uh, And right now, we've been doing one for the Children's Glaucoma Foundation, which a lot of people don't know what that's all about. I mean, this is for little kids, little babies, newborns, mm-hmm. everything else uh, here in Massachusetts. They come from all over the world because there's so few doctors are, are involved with children's glaucoma, and we give all the money to them. Uh, so Bay State Brewery, which is in a little suburb of Boston in a town called uh, uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> I'm trying to think yeah. now. But anyway, uh, Bay State Brewery came up with an idea. They will come up with a, a beer, and we'll call it the Chief Beer, and it's hail <laughs> to the Chief. And the can is really beautiful. It's got me in uniform on the ice mm-hmm. and everything else. And uh, what they're doing, they're giving us after cost of the beer, and that uh, they're giving us uh, whatever the uh, remaining money is, is going to the uh, foundation. So that's how this all started. We had a night, and they made 100 cases of the beer. It went that night. So <laughs> ran out of beer. Now I got everybody phoning, want more beer. So they, Bay State says, yeah, we'll make more beer, and we'll give you the same amount of money mm-hmm. for everything that's sold. And it'll go, we want to get more to the uh, Children's Glaucoma Foundation uh-huh. because we get kids from all over the world. I, I got involved with a doctor, Dr. Walton, who is uh, the prime doctor of the foundation. He is unbelievable, very devoted uh, with the uh, Glaucoma Foundation. So that's what we do. And so we raise money, we give it, put it in the 200 Foundation account, and we just get the money. That's just wonderful, Johnny. And you've been involved yeah. in so many charities over the years. This is near and dear to your heart because, you know, you've stayed in Boston as an ambassador with the Bruins for, uh, you know, so many years. But just uh, the charities that you've touched, it's just simply remarkable. Yeah, this is my, well, actually, would you believe it? This is our 100th anniversary for the Boston mm-hmm. Bruins. So we've been quite active. Uh, and I've been here and still working for the Bruins. This is my 67th year as a Bruin. Wow, that's oh. amazing. But I, but I must say, I do miss Edmonton. That's where <laughs> I was born and raised. 
you're right, and you, that's exactly where you were born and raised. And I just have to give yeah, a sh- give a shout out to one of your old teammates, Glenn Hall, who I was just speaking to his son Patty. And you, of course, you played with Glenn with the old Edmonton Flyers. Yes, and Glenn and I both went up uh, to Detroit pretty well at the same time. Normie Allman, another Edmontonian. Uh, I had a good career with them too. Normie and I grew up together. And, uh, of course, don't forget my brother's there. He's still there. Well, and I'm sure he's listening to the radio right now. I know I know he's listening for sure, Johnny, because he asked me to ask you when his beer shipment's coming up. <laughs> yeah. And I told him, I said, yeah, well, we got a problem with customs. <laughs> it's not that easy. Uh, Dave, Schlem- Dave Schlemko's got a question for you, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Uh, Dave Schlemko here. I'm, I'm trying just not to fanboy out here looking at all your statistics and uh, over your career here. But um, just curious, that's 67 years. That's such a long time with the Bruins. Um, as an organization, they seem to do a really good job of, you know, treating their alumni real well. And can you just kind of speak to a little bit about that and kind of exactly what you've been doing over all these years? Yeah, well, I've done everything. My last thing last year, I drove to Zamboni and flooded the edge one day. (laughs) Does it all. uh, Yeah, the Bruins are really good to us. I mean, they are a great organization. Uh, I've been so happy, you know, to say that I'm a Bruin. I still am a Bruin. I'll always be a Bruin. But I'm from Edmonton. Uh, That's something I won't forget, you know, myself either, because... That's where I grew, uh, I grew up, and that's where I got to play hockey. But uh, the, the Bruins take care of their players. They mm-hmm. take care of their alumni. Uh, they treat us all well, and they're having we're having one great celebration now. It's good to see, like, a lot of the old players that I played with uh, are coming back for some of the events that we have here, and they're going to go on all year. Uh, you know, Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr's, they all come back, and they're all making their appearances here. So it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, but a little tiring. I'm not getting any younger, so, but That's I'm awesome, still having though. fun with them. Oh, Johnny Busick is our guest. Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, Sports 1440. The players that you just mentioned, Johnny, are, you know, and you're one of them. You fall into the category as well. What was it like to play with the greats like Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito? Well, it was I mean, that's why we won the Stanley Cups in 1970 and 72 is because Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr pretty well carried the club. Uh, we we had such such a good tight-knit team. It's almost like the Edmonton Oilers had for many years. Mm-hmm. But we should have won the Cup uh, four years in a row. We only won it twice. But uh, we'll take it because every, every youngster growing up wants to play in the National Hockey League. They want to get their name on the Stanley Cup. And I finally got it on there. So it's on there three times now. Yeah, so they can't, they can't take that away from yeah. you, right? <laughs> but you can't take the one player that I've, I've idolized all my life. And I started my career in Detroit. And that's Cody Howe. Hmm. I, I think so highly of him. And I still do. He, he was my idol. And I think I learned an awful lot from him. What what exactly did you learn from Gordy? Keep the elbows up. <laughs> 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 but you work both ways too. And Gordy says you don't go looking for troubles. Try to stay out of the penalty box because you can't score goals in there. You're in the penalty box. You're not going to get you know any goals, and you put pressure on your team. So 
that's how I try to play it. And he played it tough, and he played it both ways, and that's what I try to do. Johnny Music is with us on Sports 1440. When you went to Detroit for the first two years of your career, Normie Allman went with you from the old Edmonton Flyers, but that Detroit team was stacked too. With There's a guy, as you said, Gordie Howe, they had Ted Lindsay, Red Kelly. I mean, were you kind of starstruck when you first came into the league a little bit, Johnny? It was, you know, and you, you just, I sat there, and a lot of times at a lot of the games I, I dressed, I just sat on the end of the bench, and I just watched these players, uh, especially Gordy and Ted Lindsay. Uh, we had Metro Pistri at oh. that time, too. So we had so many guys. Red Kelly was one of the best players with a puck along the boards. You couldn't get away from him. But, I mean, there were such great teams, uh, and you, you do idolize them. And then, but the thing about it is, Gordy and Ted Lindsay took you under their arms and they make you part of the team right off the bat. So uh, I had no trouble adjusting, but I just didn't get the ice time. Two years <laughs> in Detroit, I scored a whole ton of 11 goals in two years. <laughs> I told you I didn't get, you know, not much ice time. And then when I went to Boston, I've been a regular 20, 30 goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah. So 16 seasons of 20 plus goals. Uh, it's a pretty amazing career. Um, how did you manage to stay that consistent over the years in Boston? Well, I, like I played physical. Uh, I played hard, but I didn't take penalties. Uh, I, I knew that, like Jordy said, try to stay out of the penalty box because you can score goals. Uh, you know, more if you're on the ice, you can't score them out of the penalty box. So right. that's what I try to do. And I, and I worked on my, my shot. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't a very good skater when I first got up there. When I played with the Oil Kings, uh, Ken McCauley was our coach. I you recall him. He used mm-hmm. to be a goaltender with the Rangers. Ken, they sent me to a skating school. I went to figure skating lessons. Really? I learned how to skate. <laughs> yes, I didn't have my first pair of skates until I was like 10 years old. Hmm. Wow. And uh, then I just worked on it. And they told you the most important things if you're going to be a hockey player is your skating. That's what's so important. You've got to know how to skate. And I picked it up. I finally just kept working on it. Took skating lessons, and uh, you know, it all came around. Johnny Busick with us. Sorry, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry to interrupt. No, I was going to say that when I played, when I started, I played at two hundred and five to two twenty. I mean, that that was heavy in those days. Yeah, a lot of players didn't realize that, and they tried to hit me, and they got hurt. Uh, we're with uh, Johnny uh, Music uh, from Boston with the Bruins organization for almost 70 years. Absolutely amazing. Johnny, we touched on Bobby Orr a little bit, but could you just sort of expand on just watching a guy come in and sort of transcend the game in the late 60s when Bobby came in and what you watched just as a teammate and you know as a player just watching one of the best of all time? Well, the one thing he did, he was tremendous skater very powerful uh, I remember a lot of games where we were a man short and Bobby got the puck they couldn't catch him they couldn't catch him <laughs> to take the puck away from him he'd kill off the whole penalty uh, he was just so so intelligent mm-hmm. on stuff you know he just it was unbelievable to watch and he changed the game he really did he changed the game um that's all right. Uh, Johnny, when you when you look at your, as you said, what you're doing now charity-wise, 
that component, did you always have that in you when you were even playing? Did you kind of go off and do a lot of that in the sense of that's how it was with Boston when you were playing? And how did you kind of keep that going after you ended your career and kind of moved into the ambassador role? Well, even when I was playing, I was the state chairman for the American Heart Association because that was the number one killer, and I think it still is. Uh, People die from heart problems, and uh, I I did a lot of work with them. And after 21 years as state chairman, it was only supposed to be a three-year term, (laughs) uh, I decided to keep going because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed meeting the people. I enjoyed, and now with the kids, I enjoy doing stuff to try to keep them off the streets keep them happy, give them something, you know, to look forward to. If they can't get something, we get it for them. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we go out and buy a lot of stuff for needy kids, like skates, pack sacks for school, oh, and all kinds of stuff. So not, not, I, just, I just enjoy it. And uh, I, I think you meet a lot of nice people, good people, mm-hmm. by doing what I do. Well, this beer is another initiative, Johnny, and you did mention the fact that you have so many close ties and so many close friends still in Edmonton. I'm going to give you the floor here. Anything you wanted to say to all your fans and your friends in Edmonton that, uh, you know, just love you so dearly. Well, I'm just proud to be an Albertan. I'm more proud to be a broom because I've been here for so long, <laughs> most of my life. And, 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 uh, yeah, I just, I go back out West every summer because mm-hmm. I love it. I have a place in British Columbia that I go back there for three, four months, and and we enjoy it. And then we come back here to Boston for the winters. And uh, like I said, the Bruins have been just so great to me and and my family. So we just, you know, we're proud to be a Bruin. And I cannot say enough about the Boston Bruin organization. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the players that come from there, you know, that, hey, Take a look at DeBrusk. He's doing well. Yeah. He's going to have a great year this year. Yeah. Uh, and now we've got uh, Ian Mitchell. Yeah. He's just starting to catch on with us. and He's played some good games now. He started off a little a little scared, a little nervous, giving the puck away. But right now he's playing well. And uh, our team is winning most games. I think we're 9-1-1. One, and one. Oh, they're so looking pretty good. Playing both <laughs> And we have, yeah, we have a lot of injuries too. We got, you know, Milan Lucic who's not playing; he's hurt. Uh, we got a our top defenseman; uh, he's out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. wanna, he got a suspension. Well, anyway, yeah, Charlie McAvoy. Still, they're doing, yeah, they're still doing very well, and uh, I just hope they can continue it. I think the basic is we got a good goaltending tandem. Both goaltenders are playing outstanding, and that's what you got to have. Now, if only, if only Johnny, we could figure out this custom situation to get this beer across the border. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's powerful beer, but is it ever good? <laughs> not- I, enjoy, I enjoy it every so often myself. I don't make a habit of drinking too much of it, but I'll have a couple of cans here or there. You know, and they come in four packs, 16 ounces. And it's nine point two. Oh boys, they're pretty strong. Now, but the only problem is they can't make enough of it. So I'm, I'm getting a kick out of that. Everybody phones me. Where can I get the beer? Where can I get the beer? Oh. So I have to tell them go to the brewery. Uh, this has just been a wonderful. Wonderful conversation. I just got a, a message from Glenn Hall's son, Johnny, that said uh, Glenn's listening right now here out in uh, in oh, Stony great. Plain. So. 
Yeah, well, Glenn and I went a long way. We were both in Edmonton, and we both lived over in Windsor, Ontario, during our mm. little career in uh, Detroit. And Glenn and I uh, were very good friends, and I still am, and I hope to see him soon. Thanks so much for doing this, Johnny. It's just been an absolute pleasure, and that's one of the reasons uh, that we love having just great guests like yourself on. Uh, continued health, and wish you all the best. Thanks for coming on, Johnny. Hi, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And all, all of the Edmonton fans, and, well, let's get the Oilers going. <laughs> well, if anybody can do it, it's the Chief. Thanks, Johnny Thanks, Busick. Johnny. Appreciate your time. Uh, yep. Bye. That was our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Johnny Busick, a Hall of Famer. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. That was a lot of fun. Oh, man, that is a true legend in the hockey world, not just on the ice, but just off the ice. Oh, yeah, as in well. the community. In the wow. community, yes. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, check in with Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. That's coming up on the Kevin Carrier Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carius, David Schlemko on Sports 1440. And let's uh, welcome in Carmen DeFelco from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Back to the program. Uh, Carmen, we had you on about, oh, I think it's about six weeks ago. Uh, you're with Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, the former NHLer. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Thanks for having me back, gents. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's been a lot of things going on in Chicago in the last little while. I think from a hockey standpoint, most of it centers around Connor Bedard. Has it kind of cooled down in that sense in the Windy City? Yeah, football season really sort of dominates the headlines around here, even when the Bears stink. Uh, it doesn't matter too much. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, football, both college and pro, really kind of dominate the headlines this time of year. There was definitely a nice little pop there those first mm-hmm. couple of games. I think I know uh, locally for the, the Comcast uh, Chicago numbers, the NBC Sports Chicago numbers, I should say, uh, were through the roof for a couple of the games that uh, they had televised, um, you know, up exponentially over mm-hmm. last year. Uh, when obviously they weren't very good, but uh, there was there's definitely a lot of interest in those first couple of games. And I, I still think there's generally some, some high interest in, in how Connor does, not uh, the team as much right now because they're kind of rebuilding. But uh, I think it'll pick back up again a little bit once football dies down later in the year and uh, after January, mm-hmm. Bears won't be playing much in January. <laughs> but uh, this time of year, yeah, football definitely dominates the headlines more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Before we get to the Bears, Carmen, I wanted to just uh, touch base with uh, the Chicago Cubs announcement of a new manager yesterday. How much play did that get in Chicago? Tons. <clears throat> Tons. It was stunning. Uh by all accounts, I mean, nobody nobody saw this coming uh, right up until just a few minutes before they actually made the news. Um, I think it's pretty bold of the Cubs and of Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts. Uh, I'm not a Cub fan. I'm a Sox fan. So mm-hmm. watching the, the, the way, the, the sort of polar opposite way that these two organizations sort of operate, the way they do business, the way one thing's big and one thing's small, uh, it's a little frustrating for us that our Sox fans in town but uh, I thought it was uh, a great move by the Cubs, and no disrespect meant to David Ross at all. But I just feel, I, I, and I think um, Jed Hoyer said as much when he met the media from the GM meetings yesterday. Uh, I, I think you could kind of read between the lines. He, he feels like they left a few wins out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you miss the playoffs by just a couple of games, and when you had a pretty commanding lead on 
the National League team that ultimately won the league and made the World Series, uh, I think that's what really frustrated Jed, and he feels like the season got away from them. Uh, you know, the, the Diamondbacks took six out of seven games from the Cubs in the month of September. Without that run, they don't jump them in the standings. They don't make it all the way to the World Series. Uh, Jed and Theo Epstein, his predecessor, and of course he came here with it. He learned pretty much everything he knows in terms of how to run a professional baseball team. Uh, you know, he learned pretty much everything from Theo. Their mantra has always been, you need as many cracks in October as you could possibly get because crazy stuff happens in baseball. And 84-win teams, teams that underachieved for big parts of the season, and teams that were negative in run differential uh, can make a run in October. So it is, they, they live by that mantra uh, that you've got to get as many cracks in October as possible. And I think Jed really feels like they left the season out there on the table. They left some wins out on the table. And I think at the end of the day for him, uh, getting a guy like Craig Council, who's always seemed to squeeze the most out of, to say lesser talent might be a harsh way to put it, but just uh, a, a lesser payroll, talent on paper that doesn't always seem to stack up with the other teams in the division. Craig Council has routinely gotten the most out of those teams in Milwaukee. I think it's uh, first or second place finishes in six of the last seven seasons. So very rarely did they underachieve or underperform. It always seemed like they were overperforming. And I feel like uh, Jed Hoyer just thought it was it was too good to be true once he realized there was some mutual interest between both parties. Well, Craig Council uh, kind of came out saying that he wanted to set a new market for what Major League Baseball managers are getting paid. Kind of kind of reminds me of uh, maybe before Babcock signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to do the same thing. Uh, do you think he kind of achieved that with this contract? Yeah, that's a good point, Dave. I, I think he probably did uh, because it was it was massive. I mean, when you when you're in a position like that, when you're pretty pretty highly coveted, um, you know, it's a good opportunity for a manager for his brethren to go ahead and do something like that. You know, he was being uh, rumored to maybe go to Cleveland. Uh, it sounds like Toronto was maybe kicking the tires a little bit, and of course. The connection in New York uh, with David Stearns, who's now running the Mets, was the former general manager uh, in Milwaukee. So that, that it sort of seemed like that's where he was destined to go, so that there was interest from other teams and that the Cubs were so interested in getting him and felt like he was so important to their rebuild right now that they went all the way up to $8 million a year. I think, uh, I think he did well for, for future managers, especially the really good ones, you know, the ones that are held in high regard if they're going to get to the free agent market. Right. Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000 in Chicago is our guest. Kevin Carey is David Schlemko, Sports 1440. All right, let's get to tomorrow's Thursday night football game. You got the one and seven, Carolina Panthers, two and seven, Chicago Bears. Big one. Uh, I don't know. You're, uh, I don't know what to say about it. What do you, what do you get to I'm say picking about up it? On your, I'm picking up on the sarcasm. Boys. This, is the kind of, this is the kind of matchup that made Jeff Bezos – uh, the uh, of course the I don't know what he is. This uh, he's getting close to trillionaire owner of uh, of Amazon. This is what made Bezos uh, <laughs> sort of flex his muscle and his clout a little bit in the off season and convince the NFL that they needed to allow him to flex this you know this Thursday night package of games. He was not happy with a lot of the matchups last year. Uh, this is a prime example why now. The flex window that the NFL implemented doesn't start until week 13. This is only week 10. So mm-hmm. it's out of the window. He is 
uh, SOL, I guess you would say, <laughs> um, and there's nothing he can do about it. But you guys are right. I mean, you've got two two teams. I mean, it's week ten. You've got two teams with three combined wins. Uh, that's just brutal. And Thursday night football is a tough watch when good teams are playing. It's just not a good product, guys. It's hard to get these guys to turn around like this on short weeks, especially the team that has to travel. Their bodies aren't really, especially for the the you know the older players, their bodies are not recovered yet. Uh, you've got zero time, really. Uh, not zero, but you've got much less time for the coaches to prepare and game plan. You have almost no practice time. They're basically glorified walkthroughs. You know, they're, mm-hmm. you're basically doing a morning skate for, for three days, trying to get ready for an NFL game. That's all you have time to do. The product has never been good on Thursday night. It's just a fact. Uh, teams do not play their best. And, again, it's a prime example of why – he, you know, he he, he uh, made such a stink in the off season, uh, but these are you're going to have to live with these matchups, and he should have known what he was getting and what he was what he was bidding for and what he he spent on this Thursday night package. And look, the NFL is always going to have eyes; it's always going to draw well. But uh, there, there are going to be lousy matchups in prime time, and and again, even when it's a a sexy Thursday night game, a lot of times the game never materializes to being great because it's just. The, the level and quality of football is not nearly the same on a short week for these guys. So as a hockey player, I guess I could kind of compare the short week in football to a back-to-back game or maybe a three and a three four. And four. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard on the body. Um, do you yep. see any way of them ever eliminating that Thursday game? Maybe the players not wanting to play in it, or is there too much money involved? You nailed it, Dave. There's just too much. Their 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 plan is to continue to uh, sort of uh, you know take over the sports world, not, not just here but abroad. I mean, you look at all the games they've played in Europe this year. There were five this year. I think it goes up to six next year. Those True. games are all standalone games on Sunday morning. So the league basically has Thursday night primetime games uh, coming up here around the holiday season. Once we get late into December. They will also have a couple of games every week on Saturday. Of course, they dominate Sunday from noon until 10 p.m. after the Sunday night game. Now there's five or six additional games in London, Germany, maybe Spain next year that are standalone games that uh, call it 9.30 East Coast time, 8.30 Central time uh, that are on. I mean, they, they, this is their plan for, uh, you know, to take over the world, <laughs> I guess. Over. And, they, and, and they continue to succeed and they continue to rake in money. And so... Uh, I don't think they care one bit that it's dangerous for the players, that um, that the mm-hmm. product isn't quite as good uh, for them. It, it is all about the bottom line and the, the amount, the, the billions and billions of dollars that they bring in from their television and streaming partners um, is only going to grow in, in, in the future. And I think the, the idea of being in these prime time sort of standalone slots uh, is what is desirable to them and it, what really fuels their, their expansion, certainly in terms of the kind of uh, television revenue and the kind of advertising dollars that they make. Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, is our guest on Sports 1440. I think it's like a billion dollars that Amazon paid that starts yes. started yep. and goes for whatever, how many years. And then there's, what about Black Friday, Carmen? Uh, yeah, that starts this week. That starts this year, too, I think. The Black like, Friday I game, I think, uh, is November 24th. Yeah, no, I think you're I mean, right There's another that, one. Actually. Yeah. There's another one. See, it's, it's, that, they, they, they have no, they're not going to stop, guys. I think, uh, that's it. I, and I, good for you for even remembering uh, that. I forgot about I, that. It's it will a, be the first year of that Black Friday game. It's the quest for world domination, isn't it? 
That's right. That's hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Maybe a few less fights in Walmart over the TV. <laughs> thing. <laughs> more, I don't know a few less or a few more. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I got to think. I'm trying to figure out where that game is. That's the Jets and Dolphins. Yeah, oh, I think boy. that's right. That's wow. correct. So, for the Thursday night game here tomorrow, what are you what are you expecting? What can we see from this uh, Chicago Bears team? Well, we still haven't gotten news yet on uh, if Justin Fields is going to play or not. You know, he's missed these last few with that thumb injury. We're going to find out probably in the next couple of hours here. They're going to have to release a designation on uh, whether he's questionable or doubtful. Um, they might just come out and, and say it. it. It's somewhat interesting that in each of these last couple of weeks when Tyson Bajit, uh, the young rookie undrafted player that they've started at quarterback in place of Justin Fields, you know, these last couple of weeks, they've said it on Monday. They've come out mm-hmm. and said, uh, Justin is not ready and he's got to pass a few, uh, you know, there's a few check marks still and when, when he's ready, he'll be back, but uh, he's not this week and Bajit's going to be our starter. They have not said that in these last 48 hours. They keep uh, listing him as limited in the uh, small, light practices, basically walkthroughs like we talked about that they are having up at Hallis Hall. I still don't think Justin's going to play. My guess is, you know, he just started throwing last Friday, so my guess is uh, on a short week he's probably not going to play and that they'll give him this little extended break between now and next Sunday when they play against the Lions in Week 11. I think he'll be back from that game. But the one sort of thing to me that's a little curious is that they have not ruled him out yet. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, they ruled him out very early in the week. So we'll see, with or without him, you know, the Bears playing at home on a short week. It, it, it usually benefits the home team. Carolina is going to come in here without its best player on offense or defense, uh, and that's Brian Burns, who got knocked out with a concussion last week. They're not a good football team anyway with just one win offensively. Uh, they are doing nothing well, guys. They just they don't have a lot in terms of uh, skill position weapons for young Bryce Young. He's looked like a rookie. Uh, a lot. I mean, he's really struggled uh, across the board in most of the, you know, whether it's just the old-fashioned counting stats or some of the advanced metrics for passers uh, and just that offense in general. I mean, you're talking bottom three, four, five, and just about every category across the board. They're just not a good offense. They're playing without their best defensive player, and uh, the Bears are about a field goal favorite. And it might be ugly, but uh, with or without Justin Fields, if it is Tyson Bajan again, I, I would think that the Bears get a win tomorrow night. And it's important for them because, mm-hmm. remember, they still own Carolina's first-round pick. So handing Carolina another loss and dropping them to 1-8 and eight is pretty beneficial for the Bears long-term. Hey, Carbon, do the Bears get Khalil Herbert back in time? Uh, that is going to happen soon here. That might be another thing. Uh, it's a good question, Kevin. That might be another thing that happens for next week with the extended time, but uh, that window is open to reactivate him, and they're getting close. Foreman's done a great job in his stead. They've got Roshan Johnson back. The Bears run the ball uh, extremely well. I mean, it's one thing that they've really excelled at um, no matter who they put back there, and, and we're seeing this more and more across the NFL these days that with scheme uh, and with just all the talent uh, that comes out of the draft, all, all the running back talent that you have, uh, there's just a plethora of it these days, and you you know it, it, with scheme and a, and a halfway decent offensive line, you can be pretty effective running the football. And the mm-hmm. Bears have kind of thrived, but uh, and yeah, they want him back because he's one of their 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 better playmakers. But uh, 
He'll he'll be back if not this week. I would think it's next week. And you know the only reason we'll be watching around here, Chuba Hubbard plays for Carolina. He's from Edmonton, Sherwood Park. So actually not there having too bad of a season. So I think a lot of eyeballs in Edmonton uh, will be watching Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so thanks very I like much. Chuba. He's one of the few like playmakers they do have. Yeah, so I do. And he's one of the few playmakers they do have in Carolina. Yeah, there's not a lot there. Well, Adam Thielen's having a good no. year too, though. Yeah, he's still good. Adam still can kind of get it done. That's yeah. a good point. Hey, uh, Carmen. As close as he once was. Yeah, exactly. Carmen, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate your time. Good insight and really enjoyed the whole Amazon conversation there. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> thanks, Carmen. Anytime. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time. That's uh, Carmen DeFalco from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Yeah, that's a bill that they forked out for the games for Thursday night. That's what uh, Bezos paid Amazon Prime a billion. A billion. And then they added this game for Black Friday, and that's just for that one game. So the one game is anywhere between it could be upwards of a hundred million. So just the one date. So a couple bucks. And usually on Black Friday, there's a lot of college games on. You know, pretty well wall to wall. But I think this was just the one time. And I think the one time that the NFL said, we'll just delve into this one day, I don't see a lot of Friday games ever happening just because the NFL's always been adamant. Friday, we're going to leave to high school football. Yeah, I was going to say. Friday Sat- Night Lights. Yeah, Saturday, we'll leave to the college game until college is over and then you get into the Saturday the playoffs games and yeah. scheduling. But, man, <laughs> that Bezos must be going... Yeah, I paid a bill for this. We're going to see Chicago two and seven, yeah. Carolina one and seven. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that one. Well, but I think a lot of people will be. You know, Chuba Hubbard is having a decent year. Having said that, he's in a situation with this contract where what's what are they going to do with him moving forward? Well, you know, is he up this year? I think he's up this year. He's got eighty five carries for three hundred twenty eight yards, an average of three point nine yards a carry. His longest has been twenty one. He does have one touchdown. Had sixty seven scrimmage yards in week nine, so he's got fifty plus scrimmage yards in twelve of his past fourteen games. Miles Sanders is there too, though. Duke, that's just a in in fantasy football. You're you're not playing either of them. Well, yeah. don't ask me. Why would I? How the hell would I know? Well, anything? that's that's why you should be the one asking these questions, Kevin, with an offer on your record. Uh, for ten, baby, offer ten. Barring um, barring injury issues or, or bye week concerns, yeah, I don't think there's much. Uh, I would say Adam Thielen, probably the only legitimate player on the Panthers roster that's a a starter on a week to week basis. And if you have a good enough team, probably more of a bench player. And the Bears, they don't really got much happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there either. DJ Moore, you would play him, wouldn't DJ, you? But even still, that's kind yeah, of like on Bajan. a week-to-week matchup type basis um, between you know, Bajan's um, inexperience. He's looked good at times. Field seemingly doesn't know how to throw the ball when he's playing. But the, like uh, like Carmen said, the Bears running game is actually pretty stout. So whether it be Foreman, Herbert when he's in there. The problem is like a lot of teams now running back, they kind of do it by committee. Yes. So it's like one guy might get the yards, but the other one's getting the uh, the tutties down on the goal line. So it's a, it's a tough one. I will be out at the Spruce oh. Grove Canadian Brew House to watch this game. There'll also be an Oilers game on later as well, so uh, hopefully that can tide over some entertainment because something tells me by the tail end of this one. We'll be watching it tomorrow, I think, for Chuba a little bit. So can we talk about your own ten record? We can if you want. Well, you want to be. You know, I know. What's really funny is I have Dante Foreman and Roshan Johnson, both of them. 
Yeah, that's probably why you're owing ten. That's not the reason. I traded some guys away already because I mean, I, the, our league is broken. But I, I don't play it anymore. I wasn't any good either, so I shouldn't be chirping. How can a guy face off like every time I'm playing a guy? Oh, he racks up forty-one or what was it, forty-three points? Browns defense. Normally, that's ten or eleven points on your defense. Forty-one. They gave up fifty-eight yards to Arizona. Yeah. And now watch this. I've got the Falcons defense going this week, Duke, in Arizona. Now watch the Falcons defense get d- dismantled. <laughs> Kyler Murray might be back, and he could be a play. Well, he is basically playing for his job or a job the rest of the season. Yeah. So look out for the look out for the Dirty Birds down in Arizona. <laughs> they might uh, have something to say about the Falcons, Dirty oh. Birds of their own. Oh, and eleven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now. (laughs) When we come back, we'll wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, Duke, is that the first Elvis Presley song we've had on the show? There's no question about it. Number one, Elvis. Nothing? Schlemmer? Elvis is a little before my time. I'm, I'm a big classic rock guy, but I can't say I'm a huge Elvis fan. You know, I'm going to tell a quick story here. Do you guys know who Nestor Pister is? No, sorry. Okay, Duke, have you ever heard of him? <laughs> should I know who that is? <laughs> yes, you should. Three-time gold record recording artist from, he lives in Edmonton. You Google him, go ahead. I'm sure a lot of our listeners right now know who he is. His real name is Don Ast. He used to go in the 70s and probably late 60s all across Saskatchewan, Alberta, and do his comedy routine. And people loved him. Like, people absolutely loved him. He used to be the starter at Lewis Estates Golf Course. That's what he did. Like, this is as recent as, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Donnie's in in his mid-80s right now. He's probably listening right now. Anyway, I thought, you know, this is a good story. Why wouldn't a guy go to Don's house and see what it's all about and because he's a big golfer so we tied the two together get to his house there at beer man comes in Nestor Pister did commercials for City Ford went to his house he's got three gold records on the wall he's got all these articles and they used to call it I think uh, it was uh, it was called the there was magazines about the top 40 top 10 I can't remember. Billboard Billboard Top 50. Okay. And I look at these magazines and these charts. He's got, okay, number one is whatever, da-da-da-da-do. Number five, Nestor Pister. Number seven, Elvis Presley. Really? That's how big this guy was. Wow. And he still does some comedy bits, routines. He'll do the odd MC job. Did you ever see him? Oh, I've, yes. I've yeah. seen him many times. Okay, cool. His record... One of his top songs was the, you remember the Rhinestone Cowboy from Glen Campbell? Yeah. So he did a parody of it. This oh, is before okay. parodies were done. There it is. Walter <laughs> just comes in. Winestone Plowboy is a classic. Winestone so It was Winestone. Duke, is there a chance that this is in the CFCW library? Pull it up. There's no, it has to be in the library. I got to hear it now. I am 100% certain the CFCW had to have played this song back in the day. Nestor Pister, Winestone Plowboy. Pillman says he was funny. You know all the legends. Well, I mean, this is Donnie Ast, one of the tops. 
text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. A lot of comments about Johnny Busick. I mean, that's a, just a true pleasure. Just a gentleman. You can see how much he cares about Boston. Holy yeah, smokes! I mean, he just seems like an incredible human being. Oh, eighty-eight, 88 years, years old. He's still like sharp yeah. as attack, and Thanks. still doing all the charity work. Yeah. Thanks to brother Bill for helping line that up and Greg Pilling and Greg Pilling used to, he's known Johnny for years and thanks to Greg and, and Bill for helping uh, line that up. Hey Kevin, I worked for Edmonton Parks and Rec, I think about 1974. Bill Busick was the head honcho at the parks department and in the summer he brought Johnny along with him to the South side yard facility to meet all of us. Very cool guy. Kevin, so awesome. Got to meet Johnny a few years ago when I went on one of those New West trips to Boston and New York. He came out to our box, such a gentleman. Great interview. Thanks so much for bringing people like that on. That doesn't come from Gelly. What's going on? Sorry, Gelly. Sorry, Gelly. Uh, Doug, hey, appreciate all you guys do. Only so many hours in a day, so many guests to fill it. Guess the only way you could do better is to stay on the air till 11 p.m. Ah, wishful <laughs> thinking. Thanks, BD. Uh, Doug. <laughs> Big G, uh, shut up at your face. That was another uh, Nestor Pister, I think. Well, like, he did a comedy routine. Well, I'm going to Google You're this gonna, guy today. I'll bet you buy, he's got records out and stuff. Yeah. He's got to have it on CD, I bet. Can you find, is there anything there, Duke? There is, isn't there? There's nothing in the in the, the actual library. Um, like it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. So you've seen it then? You're. Well, I, I just listened to the first half of seconds of, of Winestone Cowboy. Isn't it great? Plowboy, pardon me. Winestone Plowboy. Isn't it outstanding? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the humor might be. I don't want to say dated per se, but uh, <laughs> he puts on the the accent and. Um, yeah. yeah, it does a Ukrainian accent is what he's trying to do. Yeah. Love it. And because I, I think boy. he's he's Romanian of like heritage. <laughs> Donnie, I don't know. <laughs> According to his Wikipedia page, that's okay. what it says it says anyway. So, Wikipedia, he's got to be big time. Oh, you can't, you can't believe anything you read on Wikipedia. Can anyone write in there? Is that still true? I, th- I thought it was. <laughs> I guess there is still an edit. I think only certain pages can, like I could go and edit Nestor... Uh, Pister's discography. <laughs> but go. I can't... Oh, yeah, I can edit his actual page, too. But, yeah, it, it's a quite the project. you got to sign in and stuff, so I don't know. It's not just for the faint of heart. Yeah. We Ukrainians love Nest. That's the truth. Gersey, Kevin Gurr out in cameras, goes, Nestor Pister, classic. You're showing your age, buddy. I'm sure I had some... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I had some of his albums back in the day. Everyone had them. Every, like, it was a big-time deal. Well, now Duke and I feel kind of silly. We will be Actually, playing. I feel the opposite of silly. I feel pretty youthful, which doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen very often. So, I'm I'm, we'll I'm pretty youthful. sure I'm pretty sure that the Winestone Plowboy is something that we could probably run a little bit on Friday. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like get it and cut it and yeah. like cut it up so then it just runs across a little straighter and you know the best the highlights of the song because it looks pretty long. <laughs> I mean, it's like four four minutes and ten seconds for a like a comedy song. Well, he's Pretty it's good. a performer. He's a performer. You got to fill your set, I guess, when you're on stage. So easiest way to do that, right? Longer songs. So I think I could. Say, yes, it's legal. I can say this. So we were at uh, a buddy of mine, Chopper Lopatinsky's uh, uh, golf tournament, and some guys, including Gregor myself, get auctioned off at the beginning of the tournament. 
Yeah. Okay. You're like the so, celebrity. I guess quasi celebrity, well, right? Sell you yourself know. short. You know, whatever. I mean, but anyway, Donnie asked Nestor Pisser's one of the guys that gets auctioned off. And again, I think Donnie's probably around 85, somewhere in there. But Spry, good golfer, still plays a lot. So everyone's getting the getting auctioned off, and Don, some group buys Don asked Nestor Pister, and he hollers out, "Hey, you guys got gummies!" <laughs> and they all started laughing, and he goes, "Never mind, they brought my own." <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's all legal, isn't no, it? Oh, God, oh, there you tell, go. Tell you. And Connor Halley might be hitting uh, Nestor up to hang out on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we were off the rails with uh, Donnie asked. So let's just uh, recap the day with uh, our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko. We spoke about Jack Campbell getting waived. I assume he's clearing in the next hour or so. Cal Pickard will like, probably get brought. You were waived a few times. How many? A couple times. Yeah, it's not a, not uh, fun. What's it so like? You get called in the office or what on the ice? What happens? Yeah, I mean it's, it's the same thing as if you're going to get traded. You probably get grabbed after practice by the GM and mm-hmm. they let you know. But you know, being being put on waivers is a terrible feeling. Yeah, it's worse than being traded. I mean, I, my first time was in Arizona. I got picked up by Dallas and. Dallas GM Jim Nill was actually saying I was trying to trade for you but <laughs> Don Maloney's just trying to drop all the salary so that made me feel a little bit better but uh, not not a great feeling going on waivers especially when you're a veteran guy mm-hmm. like Jack how does a player I don't know pick up the pieces I mean what kind of you know guts intestinal fortitude I mean we've all been saying with with Jack it's a lot between the years how does he right the ship here Self-belief, baby. I mean, I think that's the one thing you can't lose, especially when things get tough, is just that belief in yourself that you can bounce back, that that you have that ability, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it reminds me of a guy like Devin Dubnik. Played with him uh, yeah. a little bit in Phoenix when things really went south for him here. And he had come up from the minors and, you know, was trying to, reinvigorate his career so to speak and he had a good year in phoenix and goes to mini at the deadline and plays unbelievable and signs a big deal and Mm -hmm. extends his career by a good three four years so you know you you hope as a fellow player that something like that happens for him yeah he has to get a lot of help where where does he get all the support from i guess where does he get the support yeah. from? Oh, I mean, at home, his family and friends that believe in him, you know, his agent, and hopefully his teammates wherever he goes, build him up. And You know, and you, you get asked a lot of the media guys, he's always been truthful. He's been forthcoming. Yeah, he's, he's a very honest guy with the he's, media. He's probably put way too much pressure on himself, too much um, trying to shoulder the load. Maybe it eventually wore on him to the sense it got to where he didn't have that confidence. Yeah, I mean the the confidence seems gone. He never he never really seemed to find it here at all. Until what training camp this <laughs> year? He had a good year. training I camp, mean, and everyone was thinking finally here he is. But uh, it's it's been a rough ride since he got here. I think. Man, and you think the very first game of the year he got the hook? Yeah, first game, four goals. That kind of sums up his time here. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for guys in certain places. So. I mean, you wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully that's a kick in the butt the Oilers need to 
maybe mm-hmm. turn things around. Hopefully we see just a blowout against my old Sharks here next game. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. What's on the go for Schlemmer and the Schlemko family and hockey and things going on this weekend? Oh, not too much. Like I said last week, working on building a house, so uh, mm-hmm. dealing with lots of lawyers and builders and all that fun stuff. How about for yourself? Well, we'll have, I'm sure, a very busy Friday morning, depending on what happens Thursday, and hopefully we can get some positivity going into the weekend. Uh, nice. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Ladislav Schmid on as our co-host, and also coming in tomorrow with Laddie, not coming in, but on our broadcast will be... Ryan Whitney from Spit and Chicklets. Oh, nice. So I know you've been trying to get Biz again. Those yep. guys are just, I mean, they're nonstop. I mean, they Biz, are. I don't know. He doesn't have enough hours in the day. But uh, Ryan Whitney will uh, be one of our guests tomorrow. So looking forward to, I mean, he, there was another guy that was great. You know, he laid it out on, on the line here, interviews and things like that. Yep. And that's probably why he's turned into a successful page into his next career doing you know podcasts and yeah. things like that i think Witt does a really good job well, he's a funny guy too. those guys make a lot of cash hey eh? i'm sure oh man <laughs> wow how does a guy get in there duke how does a guy do it can you like they must be looking for a producer or something or maybe uh part-time co-host like myself i don't know <laughs> you uh well that's it you gotta it's funny because we just had a text asking about um the people that missed the busick interview yes and uh Hundred uh, percent. If you missed anything, any day, any hour of all of our programming from seven to six, you can go and find it as podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, pretty well wherever. And if you're ever needing the link, you can find it at the top of our Twitter page, or just text uh, whoever's on air at that time, and we'll happily send you the link across. I just sent it to Brennan so he can go back and listen <laughs> to the music. It'll be up at uh, in about twenty minutes time. I'll have this ten o'clock hour Perfect. live. Well, you're a busy man. There's no question about it, Duke. Schlemmer, thanks for everything today. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. Thanks, Kev. You guys as well. That's uh, our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko, the former NHLer. And thanks to all our guests, uh, David Alter from the Hockey News, Mark Spector, Adam Surgery from the Sherwood Park Crusaders, Carmen DeFelco from ESPN 1000, Serge Lejoie from the Edmonton Oil Kings, and Johnny Busick. Man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, check it out on all our platforms to uh, listen to the chief uh, coming up at the top of the hour it is fantasy frenzy with former Rochep t-bird connor alley and the duke of delburn brandon douglas from noon till two the lowdown with alan mitchell and then two o'clock to six jason gregor takes us home with the jason gregor show on sports 1440 thanks so much for all our listeners this morning our texters our callers really appreciated all your input uh, thanks again we'll see you back here tomorrow with our co-host Ladislav Schmid. Top of the hour, Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke with a sports 1440 update. Have a great day.